Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after a Thursday edition. I am Tyler Trumbauer with you on the dial, edinburghnow.com, and the TuneIn app on mobile devices. And I'm joined on this thir- Thursday morning by the athlete formerly known as Chewy here in studio who had off on Tuesday because I said we're taking the day off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I just do what you say. I don't question it. I just, uh, um, <clears throat> I just know my role and stay in my lane around <laughs> here. So. Oh, we appreciate that. I appreciate that. I know you're. I know you're grinding at the bit to get in here. Um, to uh, no, it actually worked out though because I had like a present. I had like a a long presentation that I had to give. I saw you were up late that night yeah. before working on stuff. Yeah, I had a long presentation I had to give, and I had to talk for like ten minutes. And That's I, like the longest you talk ever. You yeah. didn't talk for 10 minutes on here. <laughs> but I, I was completely unprepared. I'm actually a, a pretty solid public speaker. Are you? Yeah. Better than me? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Just I've sure. got a long way to go. But. <laughs> I'll teach you my ways. So uh, we got an interesting show today uh, with Chewy here alongside me for the next 54 minutes or so. Um, not going to be here tomorrow. Mike and I will be heading out to Millersville for our final football game of 2015, and we're leaving campus at about 8.30 tomorrow morning with the team. So no show uh, for Mike and I. There will be a The Morning After tomorrow uh, with Tubby flying solo. So he's going to lock it down on a Friday morning and talk about NFL, Borough football more, Borough women's soccer, the like. But today we're going to move most of our Friday festivities to a Thursday um, normally Fridays are jam-packed. We're going to put it on a Thursday. So we have Tom Risenweber at 9.15 coming up to talk high school football. And then Mike Fenner at 9.30 to talk borough football and borough women's soccer, the like. And then Chewy and I will talk a little NBA, a little Thursday night football in the final segment of the show. And if we get to a little bit here in the first few minutes, that will be great as well. Um, but I wanted to start off a little something. I just said to Chewy to give me a few moments here. Um for those of you that follow me on social media and uh, know me uh, outside of this of this realm, um, I I announced yesterday via social media that this will be my last semester at Edinburgh University. Um, I have accepted a position as the communications and public relations assistant and office manager at the Valley Preferred Cycling Center in Trexler Town, Pennsylvania. And uh, basically, that's back home where I live, too. I know it's not Detroit. You don't know where things are if it's not in Michigan. <laughs> um, and essentially, I start that position in December, and that requ- and it's a full-time staff position year-round, um, working with my school schedule. So I need to transfer back home, and I will be living at home, commuting, and going to Kutztown University. So going... Not not a rival of Edinburgh, but a PSAC uh, foe yeah. of the borough. And uh, I, 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 wrote a, I wrote a nice little release that was up on my website, tylertrumbauer.com. If you would like to so choose, go look at that. You can go and do that. Um, has a little bit more thoughts and explanation into it. But I just thought it was it was, a, it was an extremely tough decision, too, because mostly I didn't want to leave you. Um, I totally understand that. Right. I'm a pretty big deal. It would be hard for you to... Uh, get away from me. Understandable. So um, it was it was something I had to really think about. Uh, it was a long, drawn-out process by me because I just I, I, I don't like making big life-altering decisions, which is what this is. Yeah. And uh, But I just thought it was too good of a of a offer as far as experience, as far as professionalism, as far as um, financially, 
that it was too good to pass up. Um, for, especially for a then 19-year-old to uh, get offered that was, I, I, I asked myself, was really the big question was, how many 19-year-olds in, in, in the United States of America today is be, are being offered that? Right. All jokes aside, that's a, that's a wonderful opportunity, and I'm glad that you got that opportunity. And obviously, you are going to be missed here dearly. You know, this even though this is my first semester being on the radio, taught me a lot, and uh, I'm just I'm happy you're getting the opportunity, and this is the, this is good for you. I think this is a good decision that you're making. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I know it's uh, I've had mixed I've had mixed reaction, especially here in the borough, um, on the decision. Um, I like to thank everyone that had the outpouring of support, especially on Facebook last night and into today, and. Uh, you know, it's it's great to hear all the all the the nice comments, the the sentiments, the like, and even the ones that are like, you know, I'm saddened by this. I'm gonna miss you up here in Edinburgh, and I mean, I'm going to miss Borough. And you know, no matter where I graduate from, I hope to, can, I hope to start at Cutstown in the spring. Some paperwork needs to be finalized because um, transferring is not as easy as you think it would be. Right. And um, regardless of where I go, where I where I actually become a graduate of. You know, I'm always, my heart's always going to be in the borough, and I'm always going to consider myself an alumni of this university. Um, it's done nothing but great things for me over the last 18 months. And, uh, I mean, I was given a lot right in the beginning, a lot of trust put into me, a straight freshman, not even stepped a foot on campus and given a lot of um, positions, leadership roles, responsibilities, opportunities. And, you know, I, I took that, built, and I built on that, and uh, I got a lot of things out of this. You know, I've done everything near and far from, from doing this show here to working a camera on a on a sil- on a simple little panel here on campus to flying to St. Louis and covering the Division One Wrestling National Championships where Edinburgh finished third place, the best national championship visit in school history. I got to witness with my own eyes, so that was an unbelievable experience as well. And uh, I'm I'm forever grateful of that and for everyone here that has helped me. So many names to even mention. Um, but I don't want to take all the time today to talk about that, but I just wanted to, for those of you I know that maybe just, just listen in, I know we have a few people near and far, especially when Chew's on the show, that, uh, listen to us near and far and, uh, you know, might not know. So do not fear though. I believe the morning after franchise will continue. Uh, we might just have some new faces in here. Tubby plans to stick, stick around. Chewy hopes to be in the fold as well. Um, of course, I hold a sports director position here at the station, and that is being filled with another by another individual um, who we have just officially have signed on for next semester, and uh, he'll help continue the morning after. And uh, I I already told Tubby, and I'm going to say it here is uh, depending on how, when this is going to be airing Monday through Friday or whenever it will air, and depending on my schedule, I I, I hope to have. A weekly guest spot, you know, maybe not weekly, but I will definitely be calling in to, to you know, harass Tubby and the like right here on the morning after. So uh, I just wanted to touch on that for a few moments this morning because, you know, it's it's my show and I can kind of do that. So um, we have a few more weeks here in November. Of course, I'll be finishing out the semester like usual. I'm not just going to drop out of school and uh, we're just going to continue doing this show into the first week of December. And we have some big things planned. A lot of good guests, some other big shows planned. I said, don't forget about that. It won't turn off our other podcast on SoundCloud on EdinburghNow.com. We're working on something with them. 
And uh, we got some good stuff upcoming here in the final weeks. And basketball season's right around the corner, just a few days until basketball season tips off. So a lot of good stuff upcoming here on 88.9. And uh, I'm excited to be a part of it to wrap things up here in the final few weeks of my tenure at Edinburgh University. More importantly, though, chill, and more current is the amount of games we have upcoming here on 88.9. Uh, don't forget about Borough Women's Soccer tomorrow on Friday, a noon kickoff at McConnell Family Stadium in Erie against number five, Charleston, West Virginia, in the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, not on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. As I said on the top of the show, Mike and I will be on the road taking care of some things. So, unfortunately, not being able to do that, we have to head to Millersville. But if they win, so you got to root for a win, Chew. And then we will be there on Sunday in Erie. If they, play, when, if they win, they would play Gannon on Sunday at 2. So hopefully we'll be there for that. And on Saturday, we will have Borough Football's season finale against Millersville. A 4 p.m. kick. Pre-game coverage starts at 3.45 with Mike and I on the call. So I'm looking forward to that. And then next Wednesday, Chew, Slippery Rock, Edinburgh. Basketball season will be here on 88.9. Women versus SRU tip-off at 5.30. Men versus SRU tip-off at 7.30 in McComb Fieldhouse. Yes, the right, home right here, openers right for both the season opener for the men and the PSAC opener for both. As the ladies open the season this weekend at the PSAC MEC Challenge. Actually, tomorrow and Saturday they play um, in West Virginia. So good luck to them and then for the guys coming up. Good stuff with SRU coming to town in just a matter of days. We're going to hit a break here on the show. Tom Reisenweber will be calling in in a few moments, and then we will have him on the show when we come back. High school football, the playoffs get underway tomorrow night, too. So finally, after 10 weeks of football in the local northwest Pennsylvania area, we're going to get to playoffs. So we're going to talk about playoffs with, with Tommy on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Edinburgh Campus Media is supported in part by a grant from ECRA, an organization that empowers the Erie County nonprofit sector towards economic and community development. Information is at 814-897-2690 or at ecgra.org. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out. That's DIPLOMA to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. What's up, country fans? This is DJ T. Waltz. You're listening to 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. I'm your host of the Stars and Bars, America's Top Country. I'll be playing the classic country music from the King George Strait, 
all the way up to the modern day cowboys that you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. to hear America's favorite country music. Welcome back, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after, 9.18 here on a Thursday morning. Tyler Trumbauer, Chewy with you here on a Thursday morning. EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app on mobile devices, as well as 88.9, the ways you can hear us. Second segment, normally on Friday, we are graced by the Varsity Prime czar, that is Tom Weber of the Erie Times News. But shaking things up here, moving our, some of our football Friday festivities to a Thursday with the changing of some schedules this week. Tom is now on the line with us presently here on a Thursday morning. A little shake-up. Appreciate him dealing with our schedule change to talk local high school football and, more importantly, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? That's what we're going to talk about. Tom, how are you? You ready to talk about the playoffs? I'm ready. It's a great time of year. Absolutely. This is what Tom lives for. He has, you know, he just kind of waits around for the other about 40 weeks of the year, just kind of sitting up at night waiting for high school football playoffs. So they are here upon us now. The District 10 football playoffs start this weekend. And we already have a championship uh, game just right off the bat. Local team General McLean and McDowell tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at Veterans Stadium for the D10 uh, Quad A title. So right off the bat, we're getting right into the thick of things. What do you make of that contest, which is going to be on the big stage with the historic Veterans Stadium tomorrow night? Well, you know, last year we saw uh, McDowell win the regular season pretty easily, but then uh, General McLean closed that gap and played a pretty competitive D10 championship. I think McDowell ended up scoring late to win 29-10 or something like that. But uh, I think it, you, you're going to see some adjustments by Gerald McLean. Um, McDowell beat them 34-7 earlier this year on McLean's home field. Uh, a little bit of motivation there for McLean to come back and uh, play a little bit better this time. I think McDowell still wins the game. It might be closer this time, though, than 27 points. So, uh, you know, McLean moved to Quad A to uh, try to win a D-10 championship. Kind of a failed experiment over to uh, – two years, but uh, we'll see what happens next year when they go to six classes, but uh, you know, it's it's tough for them to uh, take out teams like Prep McDowell and uh, I think McDowell's going to win tomorrow night. Very good point saying that, you know, this will be the last playoffs before everything decides to get a wrench thrown into it with the six classes upcoming in the next academic year. Uh, other Friday night, the Class A playoffs begin with some quarterfinals. Uh, what, uh, what other things or notes stick out for you for tomorrow's night action? Because I know we have playoffs on both Friday and Saturday this weekend. Yeah, tomorrow night um, we're going to see if uh, the Northern single-A teams can end their streak. I think they've lost like... 15 games in a row to Region 1, which is the South. Um, the big the big opportunity is Cambridge Springs, the Region 2 champion. They're going to play Wilmington. I think they can win that game. Uh, Zach Stafford's having a great year for Cambridge Springs. Uh, I think they're too tough for Wilmington, who's kind of on a downturn right now. But you can never count them out with a legendary coach, uh, Terry Borelli. Um, I think the South sweeps the other three games. Uh, Westville Sex Iroquois is interesting. Uh, I think uh, Iroquois could give West Sussex a game. West Sussex beat Cambridge Springs overtime in the week one this year. But uh, Farrell and Charsell can already pencil them as winners. Uh, I think no one's touching them until they play each other in the championship game on uh, in two weeks from now. And then getting into Saturday, that's the that's the double A and the triple A uh, quarterfinals. The double uh, A night game right here at the university. So if you're a student on campus or in the area and you're bored, like Chewy is on a Saturday night because he's got nothing better to do. You got Fort LaBeouf and Greenville <laughs> at Sox Harrison Stadium. 
Um, what, what what do you make of that contest? Is that competitive? Uh, what what kind of interests you in that matchup? You know, that might be the best game of the weekend, uh, honestly. Um, I think if you look at Triple uh, A, I think Prep, Rouse, Meadville, Kanye blows out East, and I think Central takes care of Franklin. So there's not a lot of competition at Triple A. Double A is kind of similar to A, where the South has just dominated. Uh, they've won 20 some straight championships in Double A for District 10. So it's uh, it's always a South dominated bracket. Um, I think you know, Hickory and Sharon dominate their games. Uh, Fairview in the North, I think, can beat Slippery Rock. But then the, the, the wild card game was that Fort Lewis Greenville game. Uh, Fort, uh, Greenville didn't exactly blow out Northeast when they played week one. Uh, Fort Lewis has been good all year. Uh, you know, their only losses are to uh, Fairview and to General McLean. So uh, they have to grind out games. It could be a quick one with a lot of running from both Fort Lewis and Greenville. They both love to run the ball. So it should be a really competitive game. I'm going to take Greenville, but I think Fort Lewis can make it pretty close. Now I got to ask you a question, not about the matchups, but about the amount of games that are played at universities. I know they do this with other uh, sports as well. I remember coming back last Saturday from Seton Hill with Edinburgh football, and there I believe was a triple header of high school soccer at uh, Sox Harrison Stadium here on campus. Coming from District Eleven, nothing is ever at a college or a university. Is that do you, would you do you like it being at, at that type of venue, or would you rather it stay at the local high school stadiums? Um, in that in that individual community, well, I, I like the the colleges. I think you know some of it's done out of necessity because uh, there's not a ton of turf fields around here that they can use, and uh, the turf, and some high schools have no parking or no uh, seating. And Edinburgh is kind of a you know a prominent facility. Uh, you look at some of the big facilities they use for playoffs, for as far as football and basketball. You got Edinburgh, uh, Slippery Rock University. Uh, sometimes they use Gannon not for football, but for basketball. So I think it really kind of gives the kids uh, kind of a thrill. You know, you're playing in a college atmosphere in a playoff game, kind of sets the stage a little better, uh, more than just any other high school field. So uh, I like that the U- you know, also Edinburgh is a huge middle point for the north versus the south. Um, there's not a lot of Crawford County fields or facilities that can be used. Uh, there's only one turf field in Meadville. And they don't have a ton of parking or seating, so uh, really Edinburgh is used out of necessity, and it's, it's a really a kind of a prominent site for these uh, high school kids. Very good point. I guess by week eleven, uh, grass fields have kind of had enough of what they can take uh, with as far as a beating, especially with the rain and the weather we get out here. Of course, with snow going on it about what was that a month ago, October tenth, I think it was. So you said the one <laughs> right here in the borough, Fort LaBeouf, Greenville, uh, probably the most competitive game of the weekend slate in the first week of the playoffs. But if you had to pick maybe a second one for those, you know, because that's a Saturday contest if someone's going out on a Friday, what are some other contests do you feel people should be flocking to that that probably could be pretty entertaining for whatever value you you put on it? Well, I think if, uh, you know, the D10 Quad A Championship, Jeremy Clay McDowell could be interesting. Um, the winner of that game is going to go pretty far, I think, because the following week they're going to play for sheer uh, out of the city schools in uh, Pittsburgh, I think the winner could beat that team. And then the week after, they'll play State College. So that's probably the end of the road for that team. But, you can, you know, two more games, whoever wins on Friday. But uh, beyond that, I think Uruguay, West Middlesex could be interesting. Cambridge Springs, Wilmington, uh, I think Cambridge Springs wins that, but that could be a pretty good fight for Wilmington. Uh, Iroquois, West Middlesex, I, I thought about that one for a while. I'm taking West Middlesex, but uh, can never count out Iroquois, uh, Coach Matt Morgan, 
he's in his second year there. He's a longtime coach at Mercer's Prep. Uh, he's beaten those Southern teams. He's won a D10 single-A championship. He knows how to beat them. So I think Iroquois was the most sex. Uh, if you're looking for another option, that's the way to go on Friday night. In the AAA, Oil City gets a bye, plays Cathedral Prep Meadville uh, winner next week. For Oil City, have you talked to those people? What are they doing in that bye week um, to try to stay fresh, to try to, uh, to try to keep kind of in-season mode but not go a little bit too far? Maybe if you haven't talked to them, but what, what would you suggest that they would probably do, be doing right now, a 6-4 and four season for them, enough to get into the postseason, but now they have to have that awkward week where they have no game action? You know, there's a pros and cons to it because I think you can use that week to heal up and kind of rest and uh, recover from test rate weeks of uh, football. Really, it's 13 weeks because of two weeks of camp and the one week of heat acclimatization. So, really, it's just kind of a break. Uh, I mean, you don't, you don't know who you're playing, but you have an idea. Uh, you're going to play prep. I mean, they're not, barring a miracle, they're not going to lose to Meadville. So, uh, you have two weeks to prepare for a cathedral prep, which is huge. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's big for teams to. Uh, uh, study that offense, get ready for him. Uh, there's no secret Joe Mishler, their sophomore quarterback, is back. Uh, he, he broke his collarbone in week one at Florida, but uh, he uh, he's back and had two really good weeks uh, back from injuries. So uh, you have two weeks to prepare for them. Obviously, they'll be traveling the area to watch that game this weekend against Meadville. Um, but, you know, breaking down film for two weeks, and Coach Matt Laverde is one of the better coaches around in preparation. So that's huge for them. You know, it's just to uh, – get ready for that game, and uh, they could make it competitive based on just having preparation time. The playoffs are upon us. It's the it's Christmas come early for Tom Rise and Weber, the varsity primes are, and the local high school fanatics. Borough folks make the trip to Erie for Friday night. General McLean McDowell, 7 o'clock at Veterans Stadium, and then you just have to come to Sox Harrison Stadium for what Tom says is probably the most competitive game on Saturday night, Fort LaBeouf and Greenville. Tom, we appreciate uh, you dealing with our schedule shakeup, and we'll talk to you next Friday as of right now, depending on what Borough Women's Soccer likes to do in the NCAA tournament. We'll talk to you sometime next week to wrap up this first week of the playoffs and get into the second week as things get thicker and thicker in the District 10 playoff scene. Thanks, Tom. We appreciate it. All right, sounds good, Tom. Thanks a lot. That's Tom Rice Weber. Erie Times News. Writer Varsity Prime Czar with us here on the morning after. Appreciate the time with him as always. Always got good stuff, too. Yeah. Sounds like he has a great outlook. He's excited, really excited about high school football. Kind of like the way I am for. How's, how's Detroit that. with high school football? Extremely competitive. Extremely competitive? Yeah, the school I went to was like, this high school I went to was uh, like a football powerhouse. It was a private school. And we had one. Well, didn't you graduate with a guy that went to like D1 football? Yeah, a couple yeah. of them. Right. A couple of them. Um, like like I said, Allen Robinson, he's playing on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, James Ross is playing for Michigan. A lot of guys went D1 out of that school. And we won two state championships in my four years there. So that says something about our program. But it's very competitive. Very true. We're going to talk about a guy that played high school football locally. Or not talk about, talk to a guy that played local high school football uh, during his high school career. But didn't go D1, Mike Fennett. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Fenner. Mike Fenner is going to be on the line on the other side. Borough football, borough women's soccer talk. Ahead, don't go anywhere. It's the morning after. Yo, what's up? It's Mac Miller, a.k.a. Richard Nice. And uh, right now you're checking out Fighting Scots Radio. You know what I mean? Right here, Edinburgh University. What's up? What's cracking? Mac Miller, D-Nice. You know how it bees. Okay. Welcome back, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. You good over there? You're always moving your mic. 
Yeah, I, I can never really get. You're just you're like it's like you toss know. and turn in the middle of the night, like you can't sleep. No, I'm a heavy sleeper, but I don't know. <laughs> I just don't. I don't understand why. I was. I'm always adjusting it. I'm always playing with it. I don't know why. Sounds like a personal issue. So we're gonna get back yeah, to the moving on. We're gonna get back to the show here the morning after Tyler. That's the uh, un unsettled Chewy here with me as well. And now we're gonna be joined by the uh, the. Can't think of where where he was. Where where, where, did, where did where did Mike Fenner go to school? I can't even think. This is bad. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea either. <laughs> let me let me play the Fenner Browns. Here we first. go, brownies. Here we go. Hoo, hoo. I actually here love when Mike go, comes brownies. on the show. Here we go. Mike Fenner on the line now, the former, I can't think of it. And it, it starts with, does it start with a G where you went to high school? Why am I forgetting this? Uh, I feel like you're insulting me on a Thursday morning, but it's okay. Gerard Yellowjack. Gerard! Gerard. Gerard. Oh, it. That's bad move by me. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because it would have been so great if I would have said former Gerard standout. <laughs> Mike Fenner's on. <sighs> All right, so anyway, that's, that's just botched by me completely. So now let's get into actually what you're talking about. And uh, thanks, Tubby, for just messaging me now that Mike went to Gerard after I've already just done it. <laughs> thanks, Tubby. Appreciate that. Tubby, always on time. He's probably listening to the oh, online stream, so it's a little delayed. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. a few-second delay there. <laughs> so we're going to start Burrow football with Mike because he's going to just settle on in. I hope you're sitting down because you're going to be here a while. Uh, Burrow football, last game of the season, game 11. Edinburgh at Millersville this Saturday, uh, and it's a new start time. Originally 1 o'clock on your, on your re- schedule that's on your refrigerator at home. Now 4 p.m. due to Millersville hosting an NCAA field hockey game on the same field at, um, I don't know what field they're at. I don't even know. Christ field, it looks like, because on the game notes it says off at field. We were there last week, right, Mike? Yep. Yes. Anyway, so it's four o'clock kick um, on Saturday. So change a change a little bit, but Bur- Burrow still leaving on Friday. Going to have some t- a li- little more time to, to relax on a Saturday morning. Um, do you think that really affects it at all, Mike? At this juncture, that they're uh, delaying it three hours. I mean, you know, you kind of get into a routine. I know you play at different times throughout the year. Burrow's played at noon. At 1 o'clock, at 2 o'clock, they've played on night games on Thursday. But 4 o'clock on a Saturday for college football is an interesting time. You know, I'm going to say on the front end, in, term of, in terms of the actual game itself, I'm going to say it's an advantage because you're going to take that long travel day tomorrow, as we will as well. Uh, and I don't think you're going to be as affected by that. <laughs> well played. Um, I don't think you're going to be as affected by that or impacted by that because you'll get off the bus you know, late afternoon tomorrow, and then you've got 24 hours to get your legs underneath you. You'll have a short walk through practice um, at the nearby field there once we get into town, and then you'll have the night to rest and relax, and you're not going to be getting up early and feel rushed to get out there on the field. You'll have plenty of time to go through your pregame meal, um, and I think they're going to have really fresh legs as opposed to, uh, you know, a noon kick or a 1 o'clock kick. So I think on the front end it's a huge advantage, but on the back end, as head football coach Scott Browning told us earlier this week, uh, that's going to be interesting because the end is about 7.30, 8 o'clock, depending on the timing of the game. And then uh, we've got about a six-hour haul. You can play that again, by the way, uh, on the way home. Right. So now Edinburgh coming in 0-10 and looking for their first win of 2015. For Millersville, they're coming off their first triumphant day on the field, beating Cheney a week ago, 26 
to six. So now these two squads coming in, trying to end the season on the right note. Burrow trying to avoid just the uh, seventh winless season in school history. Surprisingly, they've had seven, too. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and then going winless for the first time since 1951. Of course, the 10 losses is the most in school history. So they were winless, too, but it was like only like six games they played. Back in the day, they didn't play much football. So how important? Who who wants to win this game more, Mike? Millersville or Edinburgh? I think you've got to say it's Edinburgh that wants to win this game more because of the fact that Millersville did get off the schneid there, so to speak, with that twenty-six to six win over Cheney. Uh, certainly, they'll probably feel a little bit more confident because they come off the win. But I think Edinburgh's going to want it more because they don't want to come away with this season today, zero and eleven. I mean, one and ten is certainly not where they wanted to be, not where they envisioned to be. Uh, but I think they're going to want it more because they're not going to want to remember, you know, this football team going into seventh, losing the football team all season long, and then with the most games because uh, that's a tough one to chew on. So I think this team's going to come out with some pride, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a pretty decent matchup for them as well. And one storyline that we will, I'm sure, explore on the broadcast at least a couple of times was the last time Edinburgh has finished the season with a road victory, Mike, 2009 at Millersville, and that was a much, much different season for Edinburgh. Now assistant coach, then backup quarterback Joe Wanson thrusted into the starting role with Burrow standout Trevor Harris sidelined with an injury. Wanson had a great day on the on the. Gridiron, 231 yards through the air, three touchdowns in a 28-25 to win against Millersville. With that victory not only ending the, se- ending the regular season with a win, it clinched Burrow an NCAA playoff berth. So a different, uh, Demographic. Se- different settings yes, um, between then and now. But that was the last time Burrow has ended the season with a road victory was 2009 at Millersville. So it would be perfect for things to come full circle in Watson's first year back in the Burrow. Exactly. Uh, I'm sure he remembers that game very, very well, very fondly. Uh, he saved that season because without Trevor Harris, who's now lighting it up in the Canadian Football League, uh, without him in the lineup, you weren't certain if they were going to if they were going to reach those NCAA playoffs. He really saved their season at the end of the year. So it is kind of interesting that he's back coming full circle now and uh, coaching a new young quarterback as well, who's going to be making his second start uh, this weekend. Right, and uh, just to clarify, I believe we, I said this yesterday with Vic Hudson, but Jack Wallman um, will be making the start this Saturday under center. Jake Sisson um, still just going to be doing the holding duties on special teams. And, uh, and he wasn't the only Wallman to start. Hayes Wallman also got the, his first career start at strong safety last, we, uh, last week against Seton Hill. Played some special teams. He finished with five tackles a year ago, or I mean last week at, as a starter at strong safety. The Jack and Hayes are cousins, so got a lot of family ties on Borough football. So now let's take a look at these Marauders, Mike. As I said, coming in with the one victory against Cheney a week ago. They've had an interesting season, very high. Um, I'm not very high, but I mean, they've, they, their first game against their Sinus, a 17-9 loss in five overtimes, too. Count them. Five overtimes, and then they've they've had some they've had some low points. A seventy-five to nothing loss to Slippery Rock, who's playing for a PSAC championship. I wish you could have just saw the face Chewy made. And then also on October seventeenth, lost thirty-four to two to East Stroudsburg. Thirty-four to two. So I, East Stroudsburg gave him those two points essentially. So that's not yeah. good. 
Also want to mention 63-7 to to Shippensburg on October 31st because there was a lot more uh, uh, tricks than treats against Millersville on that day. So what do you make of this Millersville squad, Mike? Obviously, um, teams are capable of putting up a lot of points against them, but they showed last week they can score a little bit um, against Clarion. Now, don't forget, I was high on Clarion. They only lost 27-21 to in Week 2. So Millersville can stay competitive, but there have been times that it's gotten a little ugly. Yeah, and Tyler, you know, with the amount of time that you and I spent together, I'm starting to think we share the same brain because I was about to start off with your sign and score as well at that uh, five-overtime debacle to start off the season. So, very interesting. Um, I think that told the story, though, to start this year. When you're playing a D3 and you go into overtime scoreless and then go to five overtimes and, and that's the final score, um, you're in trouble. You're in for a long season. And you're right. They played Clarion close to week two, gave them a competitive game, Gave Lockhaven a competitive game and then beat Cheney as well. But otherwise, uh, it, it's been a rough out for Millersville this season. 13 points per game. That's absolutely brutal uh, for college football for Division II. Giving up 39 points per game also on the other side. Uh, this team simply struggles to find offense. Uh, but if you're going to look for somebody you know, to make plays, it's going to be Kevin Wiggins, at wide receiver, leads the team with 43 catches, 510 yards, and eight touchdowns. Um, nearly 12 yards to catch and over 56 yards per game. Really, the only playmaker that they have in the half game that they're going to look to target. So simply, for Edinburgh, if you can take him away, kind of shadow him with the safeties over the top, uh, it, it should be a pretty simple game plan because this team you know, doesn't really air it out a ton. And, you know, leading rusher for Millersville, 246 yards on the ground. Uh, and that's similar on most on the ground. So, I mean, it, it seems pretty simple here, Tyler. 13 points a game, you take away one receiver, and you pretty much got yourself figured out. Right, so safe to say defensive coordinator Wayne Bradford and company will be keying on Mr. Wiggins this week at practice and then heading in to Saturday's contest. Offensively, uh, this team running a pro-style offense, their defense 3-4 defense, but this pro-style offense, um, what, do you, what do you make of it? I mean, obviously you said doesn't score a lot, but, I mean, other than Wiggins, is it really just that much of a fall-off? I mean, you do have um, at quarterback, you have a redshirt junior and J.J. Page. I mean, I think, I think C.J. Bostick brings a little something to the table. But, I mean, other than, other than Wiggins, is it, just, is it just there's really it's an empty tank? It seems that way, Tyler, and it just doesn't seem like they get enough snaps. I, I feel like this is an offense that gets off the field quickly, not a good third-down team, not a good team that stays on schedule and stays ahead of the chain. Uh, Page, only 219 passing attempts, and that's not because he's rotating a ton. Uh, his backup of 51 gives as well. Just over 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, only five picks. Uh, the turnovers aren't terrible, but you got to stay on the field, and that's what's going to hurt your defense that is giving up almost 40 points a game. Kind of going against your point there, Mike. Millersville fourth in the PSAC in time of possession. 31 minutes well, and 55 seconds. You you're right, you're right. But you got But don't forget about this. Edinburgh has won time of possession a lot, but they have yet to come on the, on the winning side of a game. So, yeah. you know, you, you can hold the ball as long as you want, but you got to do something with the football. So, yeah. you know, much like I said at Edinburgh Women's Soccer, you can play in, in your opponent's territory for the entire overtime. You just got to do something with that ball. So for Edinburgh this time, Jack Wallman under center at quarterback. We saw a lot of positive things from that true freshman a week ago at Seton Hill. What do you expect from him this week? Um, what would you like to see from him based on what you saw 
a week ago in Greensburg. Now with a week under his belt going into this, he knew he's going to know this entire week that he was the starter. Last week, just found out about midweek, he already knew this entire week he was going to be the starter. So what do you make of him and what he might be able to do this Saturday in the season finale? Tyler, I think he's going to be a lot more comfortable uh, from the standpoint that it's now his second start. He was able to take some hits, get comfortable in the pocket, and then also, I don't think he's going to be touching that 50 attempt mark that he saw last Saturday against Seton. You know, I don't think it's going to be close to that because I don't think Edinburgh is going to have as much trouble against this Millersville defense and moving the football with a balanced effort. I think you're going to be able to see more of Corey Bell, a lot more of Jamal Evelar running the football consistently, helping this offense move the chains, not setting them up for third down and long. And I think Wallman's going to look really nice out there when he's moving the ball for third and twos, third and threes. Uh, not necessarily third and tens and not taking as many hits from his offensive line. Um, you know, not bad for 283 yards and two touchdowns in his first start, but I think this could be the stat game. Maybe it could be even better uh, for Walman, a quarterback, and for some of those pass catchers that want to step up and help out the Alex Caratelli's and the Darren Nassies. One thing we'll have to see is how the running game goes this week. We saw Corey Bell bust off a 53-yard rush down the sideline for a touchdown, the first score of the game for the Scots a week ago. A lot of offensive production on the ground in the first half, but I believe they finished with only 11 or 12 yards in the second half to have finished with about 90 or so yards in the running game. How important is it to get that running game going? Millersville defensively not the best against the run, 11th in the PSAC what do you? How important is the running game to get going? And knowing that Jake Sisson isn't there at quarterback, that does take away a rushing threat for the Scots. It's everything. It means everything. Truthfully, this is a team that's only averaging three point four yards a carry. Talk about uh, you know old school traditional. Get me three yards a carry, get the first down. That's not enough anymore. Only ninety one yards on the ground per game and eight rushing touchdowns. They yet to crack a thousand yards on the ground. Uh, but you got to think this could be an opportunity to take advantage. They need to do it. They need to do it so that they can open it up for the pass. They can't be one-dimensional. And, again, with time of possession, another thing that's important, uh, make sure you hang on to that football and then do something with it, like you said. Um, the running game is, is everything for this team. Very true in that. They're going to try to get that and, and mix that in well with their passing attack this Saturday against the Millersville Marauders, who are 1-9, 1-6 in the PSAC Edinburgh. Uh, coming in, still looking for their first win in 2015. We'll have that right here for you on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio, the home of Borough Football, edinburghnow.com, and the TuneIn app, as well as the Keystone Sports Network. 4 o'clock kick from Millersville, 345 pregame coverage starts. You can hear from uh, new quarterback Jack Wallman, as well as head coach Scott Browning on the broadcast with us on Saturday. Now let's switch from the gridiron to the pitch, Mike, on Friday, more nearer to us right now tomorrow at noon in Erie, Pennsylvania at McConnell Family Stadium, the home away from home for Borough Women's Soccer. Chewy said he's going to go. Right, Chew? Of course. That's a lie. Anyway, uh, they're, they're going to have the, the first NCAA tournament match for the ladies this week, or this season, excuse me, against as they got the fourth seed in the Atlantic region. They're facing Charleston, West Virginia, who got the fifth seed. And this is a noon kick in Erie, McConnell Family Stadium. Uh, the winner will face top-seeded Gannon in the second round this Sunday at 2 o'clock. So what do you make of this matchup? We talked to head coach Gary Kagiavis for the Scott Sports Show, which will come out around noon today. And he said, you know, he's just trying to figure out what 
to make of Charleston, West Virginia. What do you make of that team, and what do you make of this first-round matchup? Well, you know, I think the most important thing to start off with is that home away from home. I think Edinburgh got an absolutely outstanding draw for this NCAA tournament and had a lot to do with what they did a week ago in the PSAC tournament, upending Gannon on Friday, even though they do come up short in the championship match. Think about it. You get to stay in Erie, a 20-minute trek on Friday, tomorrow that is, uh, to play a team that's got to come about four hours up I-79 from West Virginia, a team making its first ever NCAA uh, tournament appearance. And then additionally, if you win, you not only get to stay here, but you play a team on Sunday, even though they're the host, a team that you beat on their field, which would have been a week ago tomorrow. I mean, I think that's a huge advantage for Edinburgh being in the four seed. They don't have to worry about, for now, going down to West Virginia Wesleyan for a team they're unfamiliar with. But they do have that minor disadvantage of the unfamiliarity with Charles. They've got to make sure that they don't overlook that team and think about Gannon solely. Scott's 14-7 and overall. This is the fourth NCAA tournament for the Scots under head coach Gary Kagiavis. Um, one thing to touch on, though, is the injuries for this team. We saw Alex Brown as well as Ashley Mutchis head to the sidelines in that PSAC championship game this past Sunday, not making a return. Coach said he's uncertain about their status for this Friday, in addition to another player as well. What's the injuries uh, of impact on this squad? Oh, it's absolutely significant. I mean, no, make, no, make no mistake about it. You know, it's, it's nice to say next man up, next girl up. Uh, next player to the lineup, but that's easier said than done when you're talking about these two players. Alex Brown, three goals in that PSAC tournament, 18 points this season, second on the team. Ashley Muckett tied for third with 17 points with six goals, five assists. Uh, two players that are absolutely critical to this team all season long, um, and especially as of late for Brown. But if you don't have one of those players, both of those players, that makes it really difficult to play uh, the way you want to. So hopefully they'll be in the lineup although they might not be fully healthy, uh, you know, very, very important to this attack. So what is going to be the key, Mike, the last question, what is going to be the key for Edinburgh women's soccer this Friday? Uh, you know, they just got their hearts taken out in a sudden death overtime loss, upset loss by defending champion East Stroudsburg on Sunday, the seventh seed in the PSAC championship, the first appearance in a title game for the Scots. How do they bounce back for this week? They had a few days for that to just kind of wear off. What are the keys for the Scots to to not have a hangover from that loss and then get back into their winning ways this Friday and be able to continue on in the NCAA tournament and face Gannon again on Sunday? I think they need to look back and use their experiences from the past. We talked to Coach Kagiavis on the Scott Sports Show a couple days ago, and he really emphasized and reiterated to us that, hey, this might be, you know, we didn't, we didn't make it last year. I still got plenty of players on this roster and on this team that were there when we were in the NCAA tournament. We've been there before. Chance has done it before. It's very important to make sure that you use those experiences you had in the past, get those jitters out of the way, um, You've been there before, belong there. Act like you belong there because you're facing a team that's never done it before. Uh, so I think the fighting Scots can use that as a huge advantage. And then obviously with Hartman's senior leadership, uh, it's time to shine. I mean, she's had a wonderful season, a terrific and outstanding career, and you want to extend that. It's, it's now do or die. It's, you know, win or lose, you lose, you go home. So I think it's all about the experience that they've had in the past. And although those weren't the most 
wonderful memories for them. That's what you've got to use to keep in the back of your mind, knowing that you've been there and you've done that. On the other side of the bracket on Friday, number three Westchester faces number six East Stroudsburg on Friday at 1 o'clock. That game will be played at West Virginia Wesleyan, who is the two-seed in the Atlantic region, and the winner of Westchester East Stroudsburg will play West Virginia Wesleyan on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Of course, the winner of Borough Charleston plays the Golden Knights on Sunday at 2 o'clock. That's Mike Fenner. We might have ourselves a busy weekend ahead once again. If the Scots win on Friday, we'll have that Sunday match against Gannon on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio, potentially. Definitely, we got Burrow football Saturday against Millersville, 4 o'clock, 3.45 start. That's Mike Fenner, Mike. We appreciate the time as always. Yep, appreciate having you, and, or ha- appreciate you having me, and uh, I'm already planning for Sunday. I'm ready for a long weekend with you. There we go. That's Mike Fenner. Take care, sir. And we'll be uh, finishing up with Mike right there. We're going to hit a break real quick here, Chew, and then we will come back and we will talk about Tonight, Thursday Night Football, we'll give our predictions real quick as another week of the NFL will start tonight. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. Our final few moments here on the show, about 90 seconds remaining. Want to touch on the NFL. We actually went a whole show almost without talking about the National Football League. But we're going to do it real quick. Thursday Night Football, another week in the National Football League gets underway. Week 10 already here in the season. The 4-4 four and four Buffalo Bills at the Five and three New York Jets tonight, 825 only on the NFL Network. The Jets still two and a half point favorites like they were when we talked about with it with Vic yesterday. Real quick, Chu, prediction for tonight's action. <clears throat> My prediction for tonight, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. I think Rex Ryan. Uh, the upset. Yeah, the upset. Rex Ryan returning, uh, playing his old team. I think uh, he's going to have his team fired up and ready to go, and I'm going to I'm going to step out on a limb. Just going out on a limb with the Bills. I like the Bills. The Bills, I mean, they should be 5-3 and three as well. Don't forget, they had a huge lead against the Jaguars when they played in London a few weeks ago and then just absolutely fell apart. And the Jags came back and got that win. Remember, that was exclusively on Yahoo as everyone was watching with the world. So Bills could be 5-3 and three as well. I'm going to stick with the Jets. I'm going to go 6-3 and three with the Jets. I think this is a must-win game for the Jets. If they want to stay in the playoff race, they need to get this win. And I'm not completely sold on the Bills um, overall as a team quite yet with Rex Ryan, despite I like him. That's all for us today on the show. Good work, Chew. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Tubby in here tomorrow, flying solo on a football Friday. We got football on Saturday. Burrow, Millersville, tune in for that. Check our podcast out later today. Appreciate the time from Tom and Mike, and we'll talk to you all sometime this weekend.